It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. The Big Bets on Campus podcast. 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 All right, here we go. What's up, Degenerate Nation? Welcome to the Big Bets on Campus podcast presented by BetMGM. I'm Stucky, and joining me, as always, and sometimes periodically, Colin Wilson, Brett McMurphy, and Mike Calabrese. This is the College Football Welcome Back Overview Part 1. We will have two parts. Basically, if you have missed everything, have been away, not paying attention, maybe betting baseball, tennis or just not betting anything at all and have put college football on the back burner since Georgia dismantled TCU 65 to 7 a few months back. We're going to catch up high level. Two-part episode. We'll do about a half hour each. Just catch up. It's really just nice to be back, Colin and I, for the sixth straight season doing this. It's really just to say hello, catch you all back up because we will have specific conference previews coming up in the next few weeks for every single conference. And then before you know it, it'll be week zero leading off. uh, Not in America. Maybe this is an American sport. Uh, In Ireland, maybe we'll have an Irish Times piece to get to. Colin, what's going on? (laughs) We had to start there, huh? Uh, It's going great stuff. You and I have been doing this forever since the gin and juice days. Uh, It's, uh, I swear, I think I was born to do this role next to you. I'm, I'm so glad that we're doing this for another season. Uh, you and I have now been doing this longer than most of these conferences have been in existence, right? I mean, I can't even think of how many teams have come into FBS. Idaho has left. We've got new conferences. We've got uh, the landscape is changing quickly, and I can't wait to dive into all of it. Now you mentioned the landscape is changing, and it has been at a rapid pace. And this will be, in a way, the last season as we have come to know college football before playoff expansion. So it's going to be changing even more rapidly. So if you're a big fan of that, the way that college football is structured now, pre-super conference, pre-college football playoff expansion, enjoy this last season because it's going to be changing even more drastically starting next year. Let me bring in Mr. McMurphy, who's making, along with Colin, uh, making the Media Day rounds, which I'm sure we'll hear a lot about in the conference-specific previews. Brett, what's going on, brother? Good, Chuck. Uh, didn't know if you guys are aware, but since, you know, this is your sixth anniversary for you and Colin, um, the traditional gift, do you guys know what that is for a 60-year anniversary? Off, off the top of your head. I don't. Anybody? My wife and I do do these, like, just like as a side anniversary, but I've only been married 
um, since December 31st, 2019. Well, so, what, paper, is one, right? pa- paper, paper is one, right? Paper is one. There's yeah. one for like a, a 20, all 50 yeah. years yeah. to go up to? Yeah, paper's one because that's what you write the prenup on. Uh, six <laughs> actually is iron, which rolls into the Iron Bowl, which rolls into <laughs> the first prediction of 2023. Auburn upsets Alabama in the Iron Bowl with Hugh Freeze. Do we know who's going to be? Thank do you. you have a prediction of who's going to be the quarterback for that game? First of all, uh, for Auburn, <laughs> uh, for either school at this point. Yeah, I could see that. I could see. I, I could. I could see. That. I like the the big bold call last year. Brett's first big bold call was Stetson Bennett for Heisman. I laughed him off the show, and it almost came to fruition. I almost got laugh off the show. Uh, just like yeah, it was a lot closer than I ever thought it was going to be. So. Keep that in mind way down the line. Um, Mike, I heard you chime in. What's going on, brother? Well, while everyone at the Power Five level is complaining, we're headed to two super conferences. You know, this is going to be the haves and the have nots, and the Pac 12 may not even exist here in, I don't know, 15 minutes. And G5 lands, we're, you know, laughing easy because at this point, we're finally going to get a seat at the table starting next season. We get, you know, our top conference champion is going to get a playoff opportunity. And this last run, you know, it's a lot of musical chairs are our best teams. Their organs were harvested to the rich. They go to the the Big 12. So we lose Cincy and Houston and UCF to a bigger conference. But for the most part, I'm just really excited about this year. Um, For the most part, because there's some tremendous quarterback play at the G5 level. I love getting into the conference previews and basically unearthing some gems for the audience, because really the best time of year, in my opinion, to make money in college football is the first two, three weeks of the regular season before books and the public adjust. And then in bowl season where you can play some trends and some teams that are happy to be there and teams that are just going through the motions. So this next sprint run for really the next eight weeks is probably my favorite of the entire year. Yeah, you mentioned a seat at the table, but you you have had a seat at the table, by the way. It didn't go well once with uh, Cincinnati. But, yeah. Uh, but yes, you have a, a consistent seat at the table, which I'm looking forward to as well. And yes, Mike and Mike will be back with their weekly group of five crew. They do a tremendous job, and they'll be hosting the group of five specific conference betting previews. And either Colin or I will be joining for each of those. And then, of course, before week zero. Colin and myself will have a uh, we'll, we'll summarize, you know, kind of uh, some of our our best bets by each conference. So those will be coming in the next few weeks. So gear up for those. I can't wait. Been deep in the books as I'm sure all of you are. So let's talk high level. Well, conference changes. We have UCF. We've been living under a rock. UCF, Cincinnati, and Houston moved to the Big Twelve. Charlotte Club Lit, baby. FAU, North Texas, Rice, UAB, and UTSA moved to the AAC, which now has 14 members. Big 12 now, 14 members. I mean, it's uh, don't be married to these numbers. Then we have Jacksonville State and Kennesaw State are now D1 members. I mean, I don't in what, 10? They keep adding teams. The college best one, college football. These summers get crazier and crazier. They've been great FCS programs, but they're going to join Conference USA to make up for the teams that lost, along with Liberty, New Mexico State. Oh, and Sam Houston. Sam Houston. Kennesaw is next year, I believe. That's cor- that is correct. Yes. Yeah. yeah. All right. So let me let me just so I don't confuse anyone who's not been paying attention. Sam Houston, Jacksonville State are joining JMU last year. By the way, JMU still can't. Uh, go to the postseason. It, it, I can't believe we still oh. haven't had someone change this. 
Brett, you want to jump in here on that rule? Yeah, they tried. The NCAA, it's very clear. You've got a two-year transition. Transitional period, uh, JMU appealed it. They were denied, so they cannot they cannot qualify for a bowl game unless there are not enough six-win yeah. teams, and then they would have a shot. So if there are enough six-win teams, JMU could go 12-0, and and they'd be out. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, so those new teams, Jacksonville State and Sam Houston, will join previous independent Liberty and New Mexico State in Conference USA. Um, Colin, any teams that, that have moved or are coming up from FCS that you have any takes on? I'll tell you one take that we're going to be talking about. We're obviously going to talk about Club Lit. The club isn't going to be that lit this year. They are going to be um, significantly worse, at least on offense, we assume, with the graduation uh, of quarterback Chris Reynolds and a lot of their best receivers moving on. They do have an amazing new head coach that we're going to get tons of sound clips from, who he recently was tweeting, you're the coach. He tweeted a coach at App State. You're the coach at App State. No one cares. No one gives a crap what you think. So we're going to get some, like he legit just tweeted that. Um, He came from Michigan. His name is Biff. Um, He is a character. Biff Pogey, I mean, it's it's you can't make it up. He also came out and said we're going to use potentially four quarterbacks and maybe utilize their strengths depending on the drive. So it might not be a an amazing lit up club that's lit, but and, and there might might be easy to get into, but it's going to be a spectacle. You want to go in there late at night before you go home, two in the morning, you're going to see some things. Uh, so I'm looking forward to see the train wreck of Charlotte, who is on national TV in week two against Maryland, I think in prime time on NBC, which I can't wait for. Colin, any thoughts on uh, your guy Biff or anything else that I just mentioned? It's no longer club lit. There's no longer techno music with a, you know, with a ball and 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 and, and it's just not going to be hip anymore. It's more going to have probably a West Texas vibe with Lone Star beer and Pearl Light and, uh, you know, maybe an old jukebox from the 50s. But Charlotte's going to be really interesting. I do uh, want to mention if we need a gambling takeaway, we're 10 minutes into this podcast. You want one right now. If James Madison can't make the championship game in the Sun Belt, they end the season against Troy. And you better believe that'll be their Super Bowl, just like their last game of last season was. So there's a betting take number one. I love Conference USA. I was ready months ago when I started integrating and doing numbers, win totals that are powered by returning experience, second order win totals, turnovers. Sam Houston and Jacksonville State were a bit of a, a big a dig. They were really a deep dive dig. And I thought, you know what? Moving up to FBS, these guys will probably be the last ones that I project in Conference USA. They're not. I have Sam Houston fifth in the conference. I have Jacksonville State seventh in the conference. And lo and behold, believe it or not, Florida International dead last in Conference USA. I know Calabrese and I are going to do a preview on them next week, but I just cannot believe with that change in that conference that we still can't get FIU out of the cellar. Yeah. Well, it helps the Jacksonville state, um, their quarterback Zion Webb, mm-hmm. who was back for his uh, maybe seventh year um, were received. He was waiting on a waiver up until uh, maybe a month ago. I think I saw when he was uh, officially ruled in because he had an injury um, a couple years ago. And, but he's back, which is big for Jacksonville state. Um, you want to jump in with anything here, Mike? 
Yeah, I, I love what Conference USA is doing. They're kind of taking uh, the playbook from the Sun Belt, which essentially was, let's go get these FCS schools that have great tradition, that have won national championships. You look at Sam Houston, they win in that spring year during COVID, they win a natty. Then you have Jacksonville State, while they haven't won a national championship, you look at what they've been able to accomplish. They beat Florida State a few years ago. They got Rich Rod as their head coach. I think they pump a lot of juice into the Conference USA. What's interesting is when you look up the food chain, you expect the American to have some better teams, but in a lot of cases, what they lost and what they replaced, you know, looking at Charlotte, FAU, Rice, that to me is like going from Apple Jacks to Apple Orbits or those off-brand cereals. Like these teams are just not going to be able to replace them apples for apples. So I think in a lot of ways, the Conference USA to me is more interesting. The Sun Belt's my favorite coming into next year to break down in these conference previews. But in general, I think I'm pretty excited about Sam Houston State and Jacksonville State making this jump because we've seen in recent years that you don't have to wait. You know, this is the the new era of college football. There is no year two, year three expectations. It's year zero. Go to the transfer portal, get the right pieces in place. And as you mentioned, some of these teams are bringing back experience at quarterback, and it makes such a huge difference in modern college football. So if you have a good quarterback, you got a chance. Yeah, I'm, I am interested to see in the Big 12 how some of the teams that moved up into the Big 12, a la Houston, UCF, how they can handle you know, the grind of an entire Power 5, so to speak, schedule. Because that you're gonna we're going to have to look more at the depth of those teams, right? You, you might have a little bit more injuries, they're going to have better competition more weeks throughout the year. Be interested to see how those teams handle the step up in class, especially in a year where you still have Oklahoma and Texas a year before those two teams move on. Brett, before we get into some of the specifics of the rule changes, maybe from a betting impact, do you want to summarize just the, the rule changes that occurred for this year for those who are not up to date? Well, obviously the biggest one is the clock will no longer stop after first downs at uh, Big 12 media days. There's their uh, ring the bell for another reference. Uh, Colin and I, you know, talked to the coaches about how much of a difference that would make. You know, basically the coaches I've talked to, I talked to some um, last month in Arizona. It's funny. Uh, some coaches think it's going to be a huge difference. Other coaches think that it's not going to matter at all. Um, that you won't even notice the difference. Of all the coaches that I've talked to about it, I think Mac Brown kind of had a unique viewpoint on this. And he basically said, you know, look, we've got, you know, X number of players on the roster. We only have 12 games a year. You want these kids to play as much as possible. So why are we limiting the number of plays that these kids can play? I don't think I've heard anyone else say that. I've actually heard the opposite where some coaches are like, we have too many plays. We need to shorten the game. So, that's going to be the, the biggest uh, impact. And then off the field, you know, Mike was hitting on Conference USA's uh, recipe for bringing these guys up from the FCS ranks. Well, it was good while it lasted, guys, because the NCAA <laughs> has changed the, the requirements if you want to move from FCS to FBS. Obviously, you've got to meet scholarship numbers and a lot of, a lot of infrastructure things, number of sports you, you sponsor. However, they uh, not so quietly determined that instead of paying a $5,000 fee to move up, it is now, to Dr. Evil Voice, $5 million to move from the FCS to the FBS. I think that will put a halt to that, at least in the near future. Yep. Two other, before we get into the, the clock stopping, if, if you aren't familiar, I actually didn't know that. That's good, a good tidbit that uh, 
you have to that the fee increase to five million. Um, that's pretty crazy. So yeah, I would agree that's definitely going to halt some of the movement that we've seen. But the two other small rule changes that who cares are, you know, if there's a penalty at the end of a quarter, it's not an untimed down. You play it the next quarter, and you can't call back to back timeouts in the same dead ball, which would be most pertinent to you know if there's a field goal and you're trying to ice the other team, you can't just keep calling timeouts. But the big rule change is that the clock will will have a running clock after first downs, except for in the final two minutes of the half. Kind of on brand or you know on theme for what we're seeing in other sports, rule changes to try and speed up the game as everyone's attention spans you know, decrease down to that of a grasshopper across uh, media. So I my biggest beef would have been if it was you know you cannot have this in college football in the final two minutes like that. I'm so against that it would take away a lot of the craziness in the MAC and just what we see across college football. I can tell you that the market thinks that and look everyone knew of this these rules when totals came out and you would assume that odds makers did account for this a bit and whenever you have rule changes like there's there's, there's an opportunity in the market and if you think that the market is not accounting for it properly over accounting for it this is any sport you can you can make some decent money if you have a, an opinion that's backed up by some good data and you end up being right you could be dead wrong too these are big unknowns but uncertainty creates opportunity i can tell you that the market thinks that these totals were not priced. Uh, this rule change wasn't, in, you know, priced into some of these opening totals accurately because you're just seeing unders across the board get hit, which sucks for me because I, I'm waiting on some of these and I'll, I'll wait for you guys. And some of the ones that I, I don't care about the rule change, I just wanted an under and I'm just watching them come down and uh, I'm trying to see if there's going to be some buyback on people that have a different opinion on the rule changes. One of my favorite totals that I missed the 45 on, which is a key number, New Mexico State, UMass, which is to me, it's like get games like first to 13. Um, that that total keeps coming down. It's at like, it hit like 41, I think, yesterday. But Colin, this rule change, you're going to hear a lot about it. Week zero, week one. And we pro- we won't have this sorted out. Even we will have to keep getting more and more data points and refine what this impact actually is. But that's going to be a big talking point leading up to the first few weeks. What do you got here? Yeah, 5% down, 5% decrease in the projected total. Now, I'm going to have a piece come out before kickoff that talks about some of our coordinator changes, which is going to change tempo and pace for some of the teams. But across the board, I'm going 5% less than what my projected totals would have been in the past. So, a you know, a projection of 70 it's going to get a 3.5 point bump down, and that could cross some key numbers here. And I think the big worry that I keep hearing is games could be two and a half hours. Games could be three hours max. And you have Gus Malzahn saying, we're going to go as fast as we possibly can. It may cost us a possession or two when it comes to the clock. And, I, and I'm thinking to myself, a possession or two. What happens if this is an Army game? Uh, an Army team that averages about eight possessions a game. That's it. That's all they've got. And if you want to cut you know, a drive or two out of an army game. Are you saying six possessions is the length of a football game? I mean, it's, it's possible. So to start the season off, you're right, Stuck. There, there are some, uh, there's going to be buyback on these totals that have come down. My stance is 5% on what I would have projected last year. After that, there are overs that I want to hit. I want Texas state 
in the opener to go over. We, I, 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 yes. see, I see calories. I want some Texas State over in the first week. I want Wisconsin. I want that number to keep dipping on, on, on Longo up at Wisconsin. So there are certain teams I'm waiting for the under effect to hit with the rule changes and everybody realizes it. And I'm ready to pop back up on a couple overs. Yeah, I mean, it's the the 5%. You look back at data and you can kind of get a broad uh, idea of what this impact will be with the clock stopping after first downs. But where the nuance comes in is in within individual matchups, right? If you have a game where there's just two bad offenses and they're not getting first downs and it's just like you run, run, incomplete punt, run, run, incomplete punt. It's not going to feel that much different than a game that we saw before. If there's a game where, you know, you're you're getting a, a lot more first downs, the efficiency of the first down, like, then it's going to look a little bit different, might have a, a bit more of an impact. How much? That will be, to be determined. And uh, that's going to be a, a, a really fun fight to watch in the market and to see how it plays out. You also might see, keep this in mind, and we'll talk about this way more in depth as we approach the season but if week zero which is not how many games are in week zero seven yeah seven to ten if you see that sample size is nothing so if you see you know you're on one hand you want to take a look and see okay all right this is how it's playing out and maybe i can adjust a little bit but you also could see an over adjustment in the market if you just get a bunch of random overs or random unders and then people are like oh the rule change and then eventually you could get an over adjustment or it's, like a so Navy Notre like, Dame, like Navy Notre Dame, the pace in that is not expected to be anything faster than a snail, right, Stuck? So that's a good example of what we're going to see in the market. Yeah, this is a wait and see for me, but I, I'm glad that Colin already brought up that Texas State Baylor game. Uh, I'll get into it a little bit later about why I'm so excited about the incarnate word coaching staff coming in down there in San Marcos. Um but in general, yeah, there's a, a decent amount of movement around the country that some traditional schools like Wisconsin that wanted to play ball control and play with their defense and win with their defense, they're now going in an opposite direction of that. So really, I, I think at this point, it's pure speculation as to how this is going to impact the market. However, I do think there's going to be an opportunity. So like you said, really, if you're looking for some some solid overs in week one, I'm hoping that we get six or seven unders there in week zero and that the market overreacts and that there's column inches and YouTube segments all about how this rule is kind of bigger than it should be viewed. And we, we saw something kind of similar in baseball where early on in a very small sample size early in the year, is it benefiting the hitters? Is it benefiting the pitchers? And people wanted to be the first to act in terms of commentary on it without really having enough information to be able to base it in reality. So I'm with you there. I think that there's going to be some hairpin trigger reactions in both directions. Yeah. Yeah. You see it in college basketball with their rule to NFL every year when they rule it could be penalties, could be one of many different things. It's always an interesting thing to monitor early in the season. Okay, before we go any further, as a reminder, Big Bets on Campus is presented by BetMGM. So get in on the action with the king of sports books. Sign up with BetMGM using bonus code ACTION and get up to $1,000 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. That is the bonus code ACTION. 
Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, or Ontario only. Must be 21 or older to wager. 19 or older in Ontario. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, D.C., Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. Call or text the Tennessee Red Line at 1-800-889-9789 or call 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, and Utah and other states where prohibited. Promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Before we wrap up part one, we'll get into a couple, we'll get a little more specific in part two. But again, we're not going to go too granular. This is just a welcome back. It's good to be back. It's, I can't wait to hear your voicemails, sweat games with all of you every weekend. Um, but we're going to have, like I said, we're, we'll have our week zero preview and we'll have previews for every single conference in depth. So we're not going to go too deep here for these two episodes. But one thing I should mention if we're talking high level, there's always going to be Lots of coaching changes. That includes coordinators. And the biggest thing that I think has changed over the past few years as far as the high-level college football landscape is the transfer portal. Keeping track of the transfer portal is almost a full-time job, especially when you add in college basketball. But it is can significantly change a team from year to year. I think the biggest impact for me is like to give a – a parallel, right? You would think you think over the past 20 years or, you know, all time with Kentucky basketball, always been a powerhouse. Look at the, what they did in the portal this year. Mm, leaves a lot to be desired. Cal might be losing it there, might be falling behind the competition because you can't just win with freshmen in college basketball these days or to all freshmen as Kentucky, you know, you could maybe could have done in the past. Clemson, what you would put as a powerhouse during the college football playoff era doesn't utilize the portal. Right. And it's more of a, Hey, well, this is a culture thing. Set six, seven years ago, that was fine. Right. And you could win a national title at Clemson with their culture and their recruiting, right? They, they get elite players, one of the top recruiting classes every year, 
but these other elite teams are filling in the holes that they have through the transfer portal and Clemson is unable to do so. And I think as a result, they're falling a step behind. Now they're still in the discussion, maybe because the ACC is as a whole falling back, although we might see the resurgence of some teams, which we'll talk about in the future. But I think that that's really impacting Clemson and has put them a step below uh, that elite tier that they were certainly in every year. Um, and I think it's a big miss by Clemson, but they're going for the, the culture play here. Colin, any thoughts on the portal overall? Any impact players you want to mention or just in a lot of a lot of thoughts about the portal because every head coach takes the portal differently. There are some coaches that adopted it immediately, want to live in it, swim in it, and pull whatever they can out of it. Then there's Mike Gundy, who when the portal first started, hated it. And and I'm not saying this specifically about Mike Gundy, but there were a bunch of coaches that said, you go in, you're losing your scholarship. I'll find somebody else like taking offense, like personal offense to players going in the portal. And now you fast forward a couple cycles through it. You know, Gundy is uh, said just the other day that it doesn't bother me anymore. I mean, kids go in the portal just to go in the portal and maybe they're there to see what their value is. And it's just a part of college football now. And 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 I believe Brett tweeted it out. His famous line is talking about NIL and portal is like, you know, it's not even, it's like religion and politics. It's not even worth talking about anymore. Um, but I think from a gambling point of view, some head coaches have adopted it and they have utilized it. Brian Kelly, USC, Florida State, and then there's Clemson, who hasn't. And they are resting on the fact that they got the best offensive coordinator in the nation and their recruiting profile. So it goes team by team, but in my particular opinion, from a gambling perspective, if you've not adopted the portal and you haven't pulled your players out that you need to fill holes, you're going to fall behind real fast. Yeah. Yeah. Because there are other teams in that elite tier that are getting just as good of players recruiting as Clemson, but they, they can also, Hey, look at Georgia. Maybe our wide receiver room is fairly, fairly vulnerable. Looks pretty weak. Can't really rely on just freshmen. What do they do? Don't address that in the portal. Mike, any thoughts here? Yeah. Clemson essentially lumping themselves in with Stanford and Cal for totally separate reasons. Stanford and Cal, I think have major issues with the portal moving forward because their admission standards, they're not just going to let anybody into this program, but Clemson making that, that choice on their own to go in that direction. I agree. I, I personally, I'm going to make a prediction. I know that Brett wanted to jump in early. I think Dabo Swinney is going to be out of college coaching within four years. I don't think he wants to do this. I think he's going to fall back a little bit and get more towards that nine win window moving forward, because not only do you have to dominate recruiting rankings at the high school level, then you have to be able to utilize NIL deals to keep those kids on campus. And I can just speak from the G5 level. We saw it this past off season, you know, at UTSA, Frank Harris stays because he gets 360 K in an NIL deal. Austin Reed dips his toe into the transfer portal at Western Kentucky has offers and apparently guarantees from power programs to be a starter, but he gets a six figure deal in that NIL cash from Western Kentucky. So you can do it if you're comfortable with that. But Dabo to me is not comfortable with going out and bringing in talent infusions through the portal, nor is he comfortable with this idea of kids getting their fair market value and essentially coming to him. It's like, I want to stay at the program, just match what, you know, Alabama or Georgia or USC is offering. Those are conversations I think he wants to have. And it's why I do think he's going to be out of the game in less than five years. This is just not the college football that he grew up on. That's a that's certainly a hot take, not four years. Although that would be what six or seven years longer than he said he would be if players ever got paid. <laughs> My Clemson fans love whenever I bring that up. Out of context, they'll be tweeting at me. Uh, Brett, any thoughts there on the portal NIL? Just anything we said? 
Yeah, no, I mean, everybody, every coach knows they've got to get in the portal. If, if you don't, you're not going to survive. You just, you know, there's a number of, obviously, impact transfers at, at the quarterback position. Uh, Sam Hartman in Notre Dame, Devin Leary, uh, Hudson Card, Keaton Slovis. Uh, I mean, it'd be quicker to name the quarterbacks that didn't transfer. Um, but it's just, that's the way it is now. And the coaches know that. You, either, you know, it's... You know, the late, great Mike Leach, uh, you know, said it best before he passed away. It's like the, the, this this era of college af- athletes have it better than any athletes in any profession in the history of mankind. And that's because they can get paid. There's no rules on that. They can leave whenever they want. There's no rules on that. And the coaches are going to have to adapt. Uh, and speak, speaking of adapting, that's a good segue for you youngsters out there. Stuck, I have one question for you. Army is going, is ditching the option. Does that mean you're no longer an automatic under on Army Navy? Why do you have to ruin my day? This is good. We're losing a service academy. You still have good old Navy in the first game of the year. I'm so mad at that line. I was 21 and I missed it on vacation. Keeps coming down. Um, Yes, we will be on Navy. Um, Yeah, well, yes. Right. The, the whole premise of why I always bet that under is because it's two triple option teams, the familiarity, the way that they play. Um, basically, I would just like set the total at 33 every year. Every year. So, yes, but I'm not fully convinced. We'll see. I mean, Army, has, we'll get into Army when we preview independence, but Army has a, you know, there's a couple different options they can go with, with options and opponent, how they can, what quarterback they'll go with and what, how that will determine how pass heavy I think they'll be. But if it goes poorly, right, you got to remember, like, Georgia Tech, when they tried the transition and didn't go great at all, the similar transition, triple option to spread. Like, you saw in that first year, they reverted back a lot to a lot of the, the you know, the option that they were running. Because you also have, like, offensive linemen. They know all, all your splits are different. Like, everything you have, a, a you have a, a people, you have a, your players in your roster all. So it wouldn't shock me if this is, like, slow. Um they end up having to go back to a lot of triple options. So it's going to depend on the how much non-option stuff that they're actually utilizing. But yeah, if they're not a triple option team, the whole premise of the option versus option under, it's out the window. And it's sad. I love, it's one of my favorite parts of college football is having those service academy teams. You have different styles and schemes. Um, and, you know, it's sort of the same way in college basketball. You have some teams that run, you know, you have a couple of teams that run these like crazy zones. And, and that's that's the beauty of college sports, in my opinion. So, yes, they would go out the window. But TBD on how much triple option we're actually going to see. I'll pause it there for week for part one of our welcome back episode. We'll dive right back in to part two after this. We'll talk a little bit more specifics. Biggest betting storylines, maybe an overvalued, undervalued team. Transfer portal edition that you think is going to have the biggest impacts. We'll talk a little bit more specific in just a minute. I do want to give one final reminder. We'll have 12 more preseason episodes heading into week zero, including our famously robust conference preview episodes with 10 full episodes covering every conference across the nation. We'll, I always hear from my Notre Dame fans, we'll throw in the independence with uh, Conference USA since they're down a few teams and independents also down a few teams. So we'll make sure that we cover. And of course, I mean, what's the, what, what are conference previews about talking about UMass football? Uh, so let's cut it short there. Appreciate all you tuning in. If you haven't in a while or you never have, 
leave a review, subscribe, unsubscribe, subscribe, tell a friend, tell an enemy. It's great to be back. Can't wait to sweat with all of you throughout the season. We'll be back with uh, part two and right after this. So this should be out at the same time. But thanks for tuning in. It's great to be back. Catch you on a bit. Cheers. Peace out. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.